Welcome to the Firehouse. I'm your host, Captain Kyle Smith. You're responding down the road less traveled and route to financial freedom. If you're a first responder, then planning your future through financial literacy is a minimum requirement. This isn't financial advice, just a conversation to get your wheels turning. Ready? Good. Because you're at scene. What's up, everyone? It's Captain Kyle Smith, and this week I sat down for a morning meeting with retired San Diego firefighter Aaron Brennan. Aaron has spent the last 30 years serving his community and his country, and as he looks back on his career, one of the biggest regrets he has is that he didn't start investing when he was brand new on the job. Listen in as he shares some of the other mistakes he made along the way and what he did to correct them. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right. Hey, Aaron, welcome yeah. to the bullpen. Thanks for meeting me. Uh, thanks very much for the invite, Kyle. Really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm excited to get into your first alarm. But before we get into that, Aaron, how have things during the pandemic sort of affected you guys in your household? Um, you know, it, it's been a tough year. I think for everybody, it's been a tough year. Um, I'm really glad to see people getting vaccinated and, and the numbers dropping and um, sort of return to normal, uh, whatever that looks like post-pandemic. But uh, for us, um, you know, very fortunate. Um, as you know, I retired uh, just about two years ago. And uh so my income wasn't affected during the pandemic like a lot of people. So I feel very, very uh, blessed about that. And then my wife's a physician and uh, people don't stop having babies during pandemics. Um, in fact, there might be a pandemic spike. We're not really sure. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, we, we made it through. My, my kids go to a small private school and, and they were able to uh, start in-person learning um, last fall, unlike a majority of kids. So as normal as it could be, um, I think we, we managed to pull it off. And uh, I don't know, there's that old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I, I mean, I think we're all gonna come through this with kind of a, a different perspective on life and um, maybe it'll be a good one. It's, I think there's some silver linings to, to what we went through. And uh, so just try to focus on that and keep moving ahead. Yeah, exactly, man. We're a resilient bunch of people in our industry. And, and I think we've raised resilient kids because of that. And there have been silver lines. We have been able to sort of reconnect our, our family, reconnect and just spend more time together. And that's been really nice. And so, yeah, I think there will be a new normal. There will be a new um, way we interact with each other. And um, I think that could be a good thing. But I am excited to see the vaccinations are, are continuing and the numbers of uh, positive cases are continuing to drop. So hopefully we are starting to trend towards maybe the backside of this thing. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. You, uh, you ready to get into your first alarm? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so as you will remember, a first alarm assignment at the San Diego Fire Department consists of four engines and a truck. But here at the firehouse, I'll ask you four questions. You give us one piece of advice. Sounds good? Easy day. All right, cool. So you're going to be first in on your first alarm, and you know when you're first in, you got to give a size up. And that's who you are, where you worked, and how long you did it. So uh, I'm Aaron Brennan. I'm a retired San Diego City firefighter. I did uh, 17 years uh, with the fire department. I did eight years with San Diego lifeguards before I got picked up as a firefighter. Um, I graduated from San Diego State with a, a bachelor's degree in finance. Um, I live in La Jolla, I'm married, have two kids, and uh, you know, uh, I'm enjoying this phase of life. It, it's, it's going good. Um, when I was at State, um, like a lot of college kids, um, I was just mostly worried about getting a piece of paper <laughs> and not really uh, um, you know, accumulating knowledge, uh, which is the real purpose of university. Um, but one class really jumped out at me, and it was uh, one of my finance classes, an investments class. Um, the professor was really old school, you know, think like a Warren Buffett kind of guy. Um, and uh, I think sort of that was the, I don't know, genesis of when I started really thinking about, oh, there's, there's a game to be played here. Um, and, 
you know, if you pay attention, there's some useful information going on. That's awesome. And how did you wind up kind of going into finance? That's not, I mean, <laughs> is it just something you did uh, as part of your general education and you decided, well, that's something that's interesting for me or how did you wind up there? Okay, so don't laugh at me, um, but I'm old and uh, I graduated high school around the time the movie Wall Street with uh, Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen. And uh, so, you know, my 18 year old self was like, I want to be in a penthouse apartment in New York and a helicopter and a limousine and, and Daryl Hanna is my girlfriend. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it wasn't a, a lot of deep thought about, you know, working in the financial industry and, or anything like that. I just, uh, I thought, um, you know, I grew up um, pretty well below the poverty line. And so, um, you know, some way to be successful and have it all was uh, first and foremost in my mind when I was 18 years old, sort of starting out, trying to figure out what I wanted to be in life. Um, interestingly, by my junior year, I knew I didn't want to work in finance at all, um, but I finished the degree in that anyway because uh, I didn't want to go to school forever. So, yeah, that's that's how I became a finance major. Uh, <laughs> the, right the movie Wall Street. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> out of it, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. and, and so then how did you sort of pivot and get into the first responder world with the lifeguards and the fire department? Um, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I took an EMT class um, when I was like a lower division class. You had to take some health science class or something. And I thought EMT is cool. Maybe I can get a summer job as a lifeguard. And, uh, and that's what happened. Um, I've always been an ocean person. So there, I was kind of drawn to that direction anyway. And um, yeah, I, uh, my initial plan was to, to be a uh, once I figured out I wasn't going to, you know, work in the finance world, um, that uh, I was going to be a lifeguard. Um, but that's a really small, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a hard niche to get a full time job in. Um, you know, they only hire every couple of years, they only hire a couple of people, and so I had to widen the aperture a little bit. Um, and my grandfather uh, on both sides of my family had been either volunteers or professional firefighters, so I kind of had that that background of you know was in my head about being a firefighter. Yeah, awesome. And you were able to bring that the education from the your degree with you, which is something a lot of our folks don't have. And you touched on it briefly earlier. Um, that's the whole intent of the firehouse is to to help folks who are coming on or, or even who have been on for a long time, just learn a little bit more about it. But it's one thing to have the education, but it's another thing to do something with it. So how did you sort of bridge that gap where you have this background, this understanding of the basics? Well, how did you get started in either investing or, or taking action on, on the things that you knew already? Well, I got hired late. I was 33 when I got hired um, by the fire department. Um, and so um, I'd had some life experience at that point um, and some, some uh, mistakes, <laughs> so we call, call experience. Um, but, uh, you know, shortly after that, I, I met the woman who would be my wife and um, that's when it really kind of set in like um, it's not just you know going surfing and trips and and whatever like uh, you have to start planning for your future and um, so that included home ownership and uh, I think that's probably the biggest financial decision people make is is moving to buy a home um, my first house I bought with a buddy of mine we've gone through the lifeguard academy you know uh, 10 years, 15 years earlier, and uh, we couldn't pull it off by ourselves. You know, I mean, San Diego is a pretty steep real estate market, and uh, and that's in you know 2000. So 20 years later, um, it's just even more insane. But yeah, it was it was uh, 
kind of settling down and uh, and thinking about my future with respect to I knew I was going to have kids and and that sort of thing. So then I had to get my ducks in a row. Yeah, no, and and marrying a physician sounds like you married up like I married up, and at some point there there is a trigger point where you think, well, I, I got to start figuring this out. I, I'm now responsible for another person. Now you start having a family, you're responsible for them. Um, and, and so everybody has different points in their life when they figure this out where it's like, okay, no more messing around. I got to start making some things happen here. But I think where our folks get in trouble is they see, they see your success. Maybe they see my success or other success and, and they want to get to point Z before they've gotten to point B. And my message is, you don't worry about the path that Aaron's on here. Don't worry about the path that I'm on. Worry about your own path and just take the next step, whatever that step might be, so that you can start building some momentum. And and once you've got that momentum built, the next step after that becomes easier and easier. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, a lot of, I mean, the financial education, like say in high school level is pretty much non-existent. I mean, you might get taught about checking accounts or something, but um, there isn't there isn't really a lot of of information passed out to young people about how to how to be financially independent and um, you know take care of yourself and then even beyond that plan for a future when when you're not going to be in the working class if you will um, and and you're going to be retired so um, yeah I I think a lot of people don't ever have that moment they're just trying to subsist and that's kind of sad but um, you know thankfully I kind of I lucked into a career with uh that had a pension um and uh so that's that's a big building block and uh I think we'll see with this prop b situation maybe um some people will have some more financial security but uh, you can get there without the pension and um it starts by um thinking about your finances yeah 100 percent. thinking about it and then taking action and and um, for those of you that are listening that aren't familiar with Prop B, uh, Prop B was this awful proposition that was on the ballot years ago, uh, back in 2012, that we just overturned. What it said was um, we, that basically they were blaming first responders, they're blaming public servants for the financial mess back in 2008, 2009. And so with that proposition, they took away our pensions. Well, we just overturned that in the last couple of weeks. We're bringing all of our members back into the pension system, which is just a huge win for our local uh, 145, which everybody's just over the moon for. Um, now, Aaron, how do you, so you, you pivoted from the finance world into first responder world, and then in retirement, you sort of got yourself into politics a little bit. You wanna just briefly describe how that came about? Sure. Um, I, uh, I think I, uh, unknowingly, kind of my whole life has been about service just my my personality and uh interestingly as i uh, went into retirement um i started doing a a little bit of introspection about you know what am i going to do next and and that sort of thing and um i quickly realized that while um putting on the bunker boots um was going to be moving to my past i still needed to be involved in my community and um and contribute um i think I don't know, I, I was taught as a young kid, like if you have the ability to help somebody, um, this also gives you the obligation to do so, um, you know, when possible. And uh, so um, it seemed kind of like a natural extension. Um, I, as a city employee for 25 years, I kind of know how the city works um, from, from the ground level. 
Um, but you know, I'm educated. I have a bachelor's degree in finance. I have a master's degree in uh, political science. And uh, so I felt like I could combine those two elements um, along with uh, my experience in the military. I'm in my 33rd year of service in the military um, as a Navy reservist. And uh, so all, all those factors together and just being naturally drawn uh, to serve um, just seemed kind of like a, an obvious choice. And, uh, and to be completely forthright, um, a, a local elected official that I've met with over something non-political, we had this hour long meeting and then he looks at me and he says, have you ever thought about running for office? And that was kind of the seed. I hadn't really, I'm not a get in front of the camera type of person. Um, I, don't, I don't need that sort of um, whatever uh, attention. Um, but uh, you know, the, he planted that seed and I'm like, oh yeah, I could really make a difference um, on basic level stuff, streets, firefighter pensions, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, obviously I came up a little bit short, but it was still, um, an amazing experience and I, I met so many great people and um, who knows what what comes next with respect to that but uh, uh, I'm definitely interested in, in contributing to making the city better. Yeah no that it was obvious in your run-up um, that that would have been a huge win for us and try to get you over the line we've um, but lessons learned from us and, and for our guys that are listening you have to you have to contribute like exactly what uh, Aaron said here, if you have the ability to, you have the obligation to, and, and, you know, maybe the next run in, um, we can, we can get you over that line. Now, um, now looking back there, Aaron, you've been in this game for a long time. You, you've probably not always had smooth sailing. Is, is there a favorite mistake that you made something that you look to that maybe made you better, something that you learned from and made you change your behavior or something like that? Um, I only get to pick one. <laughs> uh, now I think, um, so I did something interesting. I did this uh, thing called the Clifton Strengths Finder. Um, it's an online survey thing. Costs like 50 bucks or something. Um, if you, if you want to think like Myers-Briggs sort of personality test, but um, more about like sort of your, your individual skills and um, how you sort of just navigate the world. So um, uh, I have no affiliation with it other than I completed it, but I, I think it's really a worthwhile exercise. Um, kind of interesting to do it at age 51 and find out, oh, that's why you like to do this kind of stuff. Um, but uh, one of the traits, my number one trait it identified was learner. Um, I like to learn, even if I don't have like some purpose for it, like I just wanna know how stuff works. Um, and uh, mistakes are how you learn, right? That's, uh, it's fun, literally fundamental to the learning processes to, to be wrong and make mistakes. Um, but I think with respect to the conversation we're having here, that the biggest mistake made, the biggest mistake that almost anybody that's listening to this will make is not starting. Um, you, 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 we got a lot of resources that we can replenish, but time is not one of them. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the finance class I took at San Diego State, the sort of the, the light switch came on for me was a time value of money discussion. It was an investments class. And um, the difference between starting now and starting five years from now um, in, in what your, your nest egg winds up being is mind boggling. Um, if you want, um, it's a fun exercise to go. There's, you know, the internet, right? Google future value calculators, a bunch of these financial firms will have them. Uh, one I found that I like, it's kind of easy interfaces, uh, American Century in there, you know, they're selling you stock or something, but uh, um, yeah, you can plug in the numbers. This interest rate, this much money, start this date, 
this much annually, whatever. And you can just kind of do the math to figure out, okay, how much money do I want in the bank and when I'm done with my career? And then play with it. Put one in now and then put one in starting five years from now and see the difference. Um, I, I did a little, because I was you know, doing a little prep for, for this interview with you. Um, if you put in $100,000 at 7%, um, which is the, kind of the historical average of the stock market, in 30 years, uh, I'm sorry, $10,000, not $100,000. Um, in 30 years, you'll have $76,000 if you never touch it again, right? That's not too shabby. If you wait five years, you'll have $54,000, a 30% decrease in um, the amount of money you save. So um, learn from my mistake, learn from the mistake that most people do, and start now. Start chunking that money away in your 401k, in your... Um, I don't know, variable annuity, a variable universal life thing, um, a savings account, whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, high tech investor class stuff. Just start saving now um, and get the value of the time that you can never get back. Yeah, no, that's perfectly well said. And that's, that is the, one of the most common answers that I get when I ask people that thing is just start, start today. Whatever it is, instead of going in, you know, it's really cliche. Instead of going and buying that cup of coffee at Starbucks, take that five bucks or whatever it is and just go put it away. But that's literally something. That's literally something. And it starts to build that savings muscle or that investing muscle. And it gets that it plants the seed in your head that, no, I want something different for my life. I want something, um, you know, better than what I maybe I grew up with. Or I want something better for my kids than what I had. Or, or whatever the motivator is, whatever the why is. Use that to start today. Do something. I just absolutely love that, man. And so yeah. I guess I, I was going to sort of roll that into if somebody was interested in getting started in this, what could they do? But we've just outlined some things that you could do. You literally could just roll that few bucks from Starbucks into a savings account, into some brokerage account, a Roth IRA, or maybe even the 401k through work. But yeah. it has to be something. Yeah. I mean, I think if somebody's if this is their moment they're listening to this and they're thinking you know i need to start like thinking about 20 30 years from now um what my financial situation is going to look like um I, I would tell them the first thing you have to do is figure out your current financial picture where is my money going what am i spending it on um you know and and uh, i had this conversation with my wife because uh, she has uh, uh, a deep appreciation of starbucks <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, our annual or Starbucks bill is pretty high and, uh, you know, we were talking about our finances and I, I said that, and uh, I said, it's not that I want you to stop drinking Starbucks. Um, but we just have to be conscious about what we're spending our money on. Um, if Starbucks makes your day, by all means have a Starbucks every day, but account for it. Okay. I'm going to be spending this much money a day, a year or whatever, um, on, you know, a simple pleasure in life, a, a good cup of coffee. Um, and then figure out where else, with something that's not as important to you um, that you're still spending money on. And uh, budgeting sucks. It's tedious. It's, it's terrible. Um, and uh, there's no easy way to do it. You just have to save all your receipts for a month or two, spend the time with an Excel spreadsheet or whatever, and, and just figure literally where down to the penny where everything is going. And you're going to find out you have a lot of leaks. Um, we all do. Even after I've done a budget, I still have money that leaks. I'm like, I had 300 bucks in my wallet and now I've got 50 and I don't even know where it went. Um, and so 
yeah, figure out what you're spending money on now because that's how you're going to figure out where you can save. Um, and it, as you pointed out, it doesn't have to be a lot. You just have to start doing it. Um, in time, all of our income increases um, for the most part. Um, you know, barring something catastrophic, you know, either you're going to promote, you're going to get a side gig going, something, um, you know, your kids will uh, be in high school and, and your spouse will start working full time again or, you know, whatever. Um, you're going to have more income at some point. And, and when that happens, incrementally add a little bit more to your savings so that, you know, 20 years from now, when you're thinking, I don't know how much longer I want to get up five times after midnight, you can go, I don't have to. Um, and you can't start that five years before you're you're going to hang it up. You need to start it now. Um, shoot, you need to start it when you're on probation. Uh, so yeah, get it, get it, get your financial picture. Figure it out. Figure out where the money is. And then the other thing, um, and I, this is something that's kind of relatively new to me. I, I have a financial advisor, um, and uh, he says, "Oh, we're going to do this type of investment, and you know, whatever." But I, I was reading about fees in in managing your investment funds whatever it is just your regular mutual fund um, and uh, fees uh, will eat your growth and you think oh it's only you know one percent a year like that's nothing that's a that's a small number well if it's a small number then how can you refinance your house for half a half a point difference Right, um, and and if it's eating one percent per year, then that's also magnified out over the time of of your investment. So one percent per year on an investment growth really cripples your what your investment can do. And that future calculator, yeah, punch in six percent instead of seven percent and see what the ending number is, and it's going to be eye opening to you. So um, in addition to figuring out where your money's going and whatever, I would say when you do start investing, look read those 50 pages of 0.6 type uh, font and find out where what the fees are. Um, they call them all different names. Some are annual, some are monthly. Like it's, um, the finance industry is not your friend. Um, they're there to make a buck and, uh, you know, they do provide a service. I'm, I'm not begrudging them that, that but um, they're not looking out for your best interests. So do that time. Uh, thankfully, um, there's a, most prospectuses have a lot of that information like sort of front and center because it's required by law. And so you don't have to read all the super fine print, but figure out like the difference between 1.3%, you know, annual expense ratio and 0.75% annual expense ratio um, is the difference of tens of thousands of dollars over the course of 30 years. Mm -hmm. So, so do that and start now, as you said, start now, take action. I love that. I love your, I love the perspective of, um, refinancing your house for a half a point, but not paying any attention to this over here that is maybe an, an entire point. I mean, that is really, really interesting perspective on that. I really love that. Now you're talking about making sure you understand what money's coming in and money's going out in the fire Academy over here, Aaron, you know, we're not allowed to have any leaky couplings, but in everybody's budget, they have all these leaky couplings. And, and if we can think of it in those sort of terms, like just tighten up those couplings, know where everything is going. And then, you know, start to save a little bit, save up your emergency fund, pay off any high interest credit card debt that you might have, build up your emergency fund, and then start investing. And when you do start investing, read the fine print and make sure you're not getting killed by fees. Now, once you've done all that, and this is not, not for you, Aaron, but for, uh, for folks that are sorry, starting to try to get down the path, then start thinking about hiring a financial planner. And if you do that, make sure they're a fiduciary, meaning they have your best interest in mind, your interests are aligned. 
Um, and you can start really accelerating that growth. And, and I think that's just fantastic. I'll link to a, a playlist for uh, certified financial planners that are all fiduciaries for people that want a little bit more information on that. Um, but then just to sort of wrap up your first alarm, if, if you could go back to your 18 year old self, you're sitting in a class at San Diego state, is there anything that you would have done differently? I, I know you mentioned just starting, if you could go back and start right there. Yeah, everybody would, but is there anything else that you would have done? Yeah, I think um, I graduated and I had this like, oh, I'm done, you know, kind of feeling. And um, I sort of just started having fun instead of uh, being serious about like, okay. Um, I, and and it, it ties directly back into starting earlier. But, uh, but ultimately, I think my financial education kind of took a big pause right then when I was done with my degree. And I think that was a mistake. I think um, if I could tell my uh, newly graduated finance major self to do something was stay in the literature, stay, you know, I mean, we have so much information now, like um, there's, there's literally almost nothing available to Warren Buffett or Jamie Dimon that isn't available to you as a firefighter for San Diego Fire Rescue um, or whoever else is listening to this. Um, it's out there. So if you wanna know, do it, read. Um, you know, I mentioned in, in the Facebook group, uh, Gordon Malkiel's book, you know, Random Walk Down Wall Street. It's an amazing book. Um, probably, it's probably the seminal work for, you know, personal finance, figuring out like just a really basic understanding of the market. And um, the market is complicated and, and they try to reinvent it and create new financial instruments and stuff all the time, whether it's, you know, uh, CDOs or Bitcoin or, or whatever. Um, learn about it. Keep learning. Um, I, I love that part about just being a lifelong learner. Um, you know, if you can, could have continued from the point where you're 18 to the point where you're sitting right here right now, knowing what you know now that you are a learner, that's your primary characteristic, um, that, that just changes things. So anybody listening to this, start learning, start learning something. And then from there, take one step today towards financial independence. And you'll be sitting here like Aaron is um, just in such a great spot. And I think with that, Aaron, you got knocked down on your first alarm. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Really appreciate uh, you inviting me on. Um, I think it's a super important topic for, for everybody. Um, and uh, I know you like to share um, your guest uh, information. Anybody, please reach out to me. I'm happy to share my mistakes um, so that you don't have to make them and, uh, and any res other resources I have. Awesome. We appreciate that. Where can people find you? Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I think it puts links in the show notes there, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm on social media. So awesome. Yeah, I'll link to all that stuff in the show notes, Aaron. I want to thank you for your service to this country, for your service to our fire department, and um, yeah, just for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. You too. All righty. Thanks again to Aaron for meeting me here in the bullpen. Guys, his advice about getting yourself educated early and starting to budget and fix those leaky couplings is just perfect. If I had done that when I was 18, I'm pretty sure I'd be way further down the path towards financial independence, and I think the same is probably the case for you. If you'd like to learn more about Aaron, you can find him at LaHoyaAaron at gmail.com or any of the various social media platforms. If you'd like to learn more about us, we're on Facebook at The Firehouse. That's f.i.r.ehouse. On Instagram, the underscore fire underscore house. On LinkedIn, The Firehouse Investors, or any place you listen to podcasts. If you learned something today and you'd like to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe. But no matter what you do, take this information, go out there, and get some. Stay strong.